You're listening to the Plus Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we sit down with artists, founders, video game music composers, and discuss early ideas, challenging hurdles, and how the ever-changing music industry will evolve in the digital age. Today we're sitting down with Brooklyn-based music industry analyst and consultant at Midia, Tatiana Sirasano. Tatiana joins us and talks to us about her years of being an award-winning music business reporter, how she's worked at Billboard for five years writing cover stories on influential artists like Tame Paula, Travis Scott, and Alicia Keys, as well as exploring topics like Bandcamp's impact on the industry and the booming business of TikTok influencers. She tells us about speaking at conferences like South by Southwest, Mid-Am, and ASCAP, and being featured on NPR's All Things Considered. Also, her current position with Media Research, how she's working to identify risks and opportunities for global entertainment and tech companies. Here's more from Tatiana now. Thank you so much. Thanks for that yeah. wonderful intro. Absolutely. So, so yeah, where do we start? I guess um, we're going to ask you to predict the future since we know that's what you <laughs> kind of do with your current job at Media. But um, like to hear, you know, just how you got into the industry, into the music industry in general. Was that Billboard or even before that? Yeah, um, I would say it was Billboard. I feel like I've had a very like roundabout, unplanned um, path to the music industry. I studied journalism in college um, and I knew that I wanted to be a writer of some sort. Um, I wanted to, I was interested in, in music and culture. Um, so I kind of settled on this idea of being like an arts and culture journalist. And I was on my school paper and all that kind of thing. Um, and I did a bunch of internships for music magazines and for arts, like little arts and cultural weeklies. Um, and I kind of got to the end of, of that and realized that there was this opportunity to be, you know, combine like my love of music and my love of writing and try and go for music journalism. Um, was very naive about, about, you know, entering, mm-hmm. entering the media world in that way. But um, I was lucky enough to get an internship at Billboard and, um, it turned into a full-time job. So Billboard was definitely like my crash course in the music industry because Mm -hmm. I started and was like, oh great, I'm going to like interview my favorite bands and like write album reviews. And it was not that at all. It was very much, you need to understand the business. You need to be able to talk to executives. Um, And Billboard was at the time in a transition of kind of going back to its trade publication roots when I joined. So Mm. it was very much like, you know, we all got a copy of uh, what's that book? The um, the music business book by um, Oh yeah, on Passman. Yeah, we all like, got a copy of that on our desk. Like it the was Bible. Yeah, it was very much like that. So I kind of learned about the industry by reporting on it, um, and got to the point where I felt like I was just really fascinated with um, analysis and research about the industry and where it was going. Um, and this was also, you know, when the pandemic hit and every everything was being reevaluated. Um, so I, yeah, I, I wanted to switch into like more of a research um, and an analysis driven role and, and learn mm-hmm. more and more about the music industry that way. So that's kind of how I ended up at Midia. But uh, yeah, definitely didn't, didn't plan to, to be here, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the music industry and, and I'm sure the, the uh, billboards version of, of how they were running their business had changed dramatically, right? Um, and so media and I, I spoke to somebody over at media on the game side um carol remember yeah carol yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago interesting guy um 
So you guys get into a lot of stuff. You're like media basically is 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 all media. Would you say that? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's about the, the entertainment of media? Got it. Okay, it's yeah. the entertainment industry. So games so being games, music, film. Mm-hmm. I mean, not so much film, but more like the the video industry, I guess. Interesting. So mm-hmm. okay, cool. So look, the music industry's changed a lot. It's still changing. Opportunities are popping up in like the world of gaming, for example. Um, you know, you have like Travis Scott doing his thing. It was it was Fortnite. Roblox, I, think. I believe. Yeah. Was that Roblox? Um, well, so you Fortnite. had you had them. You had no. Roblox was uh, was uh, Little Nas X. Little Nas X. Yeah, that's right. So you have you have artists rolling into these. Um, you know, performances inside of what we're going to probably call metaverses eventually, right? Um, what do you think about music heading into the metaverse? Wow, we're going to start with the biggest one, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. work <Why> backwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's such a tough question to answer because I feel like we still don't really even know what anyone uh, what anyone means by metaverse. It's still such a it's a term, but I do think that um, music is one of the sectors that kind of stands to benefit the most from like these virtual immersive environments. Um, Why? Two things. I think, first of all, people need things to do in these places. They need a reason to spend their time there. Um, and also when you're in a virtual world, the like your identity is sort of a blank canvas. You have to build a digital identity sort of from the ground up. Um, And I think there's an opportunity for music to kind of fill that self-expression role. Um, Mm -hmm. Like something that I talk a lot about with um, social video and with TikTok is how these days, what's fascinating is that music is forming the basis for expression. Like if if you're scrolling through TikTok, you can't understand anything that's going on unless the volume's on because mm-hmm. you have to be listening to the clip to understand the context, whether it's supposed to be a joke or a meme or serious or like whatever they're talking about. Um, so yeah. audio has become this really powerful tool for expression. And I think that- Yeah, that's, God, that's a great. Mm-hmm. Metaverse or into, you know, whatever virtual environments crop up because you need a way to to express yourself on in these environments. So- yeah, but like, you know, from a mechanic point of view, you would need that metaverse to be able to like imagine everybody you're walking in this like digital avatar, sea of digital avatars, and everybody's got their own sort of boombox soundtrack version of themselves. That's well, a pretty loud experience, right? What's fascinating is Roblox tried to do that. Um, they used to have a boombox feature um, where you could buy this boom box, which costs virtual money and is yet another way to monetize in, in the metaverse. You pay to upload your songs and then you brought you can broadcast them around you. And as you get closer to the person that's broadcasting, mm. the sound gets louder and things like that. So you're right, totally an issue with how it would just be a very noisy experience, but it was also a licensing nightmare and that ended up, you know, getting oh, I'm sure. But it also goes down. back even to like myspace you could tell you could see like people put a song on their profile i kind of knew 
Hey, that dude's got Echo in the bunny man. The difference is that you had to push play. The the difference is you had to push play to hear it. In this case, you know, you could walk up to somebody and be like, what's your soundtrack, you know, and then get it to happen. (laughs) Or maybe you're, maybe it's more like a, a ringtone type of thing where if you score a point in a game, your 10 second clip of your favorite song plays or something like that. Yeah, so Fortnite did that with emotes. Yeah, right. exactly. But God, so, that. all right, let's go back to the metaverse, right? Oh or no. <laughs> versus, versus metaverses, whatever you wanna, however you wanna look at it. Um, audio is really the, the high level version of what we're talking about. So voice, being able to talk to people inside of a digital world, sure. Then be able to soundtrack that. So you're going to want to carry that around with you. That could be a Spotify plugin or it could be more dynamic style music, which isn't going to be in Spotify's licensing. So, you know, there's, there's a whole nother world of like, what if I touch that, you know, table over there, or if I, push the cart what happens from there right and so music becomes part of it or a band says you know hey we're we're, our rehearsal is gonna be in on this island and sort of Fortnite creative every tuesday at 4 p.m you know pacific time you can come see our digital avatars rock out what i'm waiting to see is a fully digital avatar artist that gets born and never dies because technically they never age gorillas no because you knew who they were but that okay. is, that is also they were early <laughs> yeah they were early i feel like that's a really good yeah, example. board ape like, yacht club just got bought by or the rights got bought by you uh, warner and so they're rolling out the board ape bands or artists or whatever, and those will be tr- sort of soundtracked by somebody. Um, so it'll be like Disney kind of creating these like super movies, you know, super stories, superstars. Yeah, they'll have a lot there because then you can get person with the best voice. Doesn't have to have the. It can have a face for the metaverse you know as they used to say a face for radio you know like just yeah, an avatar mean, there's yeah sorry go ahead tatiana no i i was just gonna say i think um that concept of like having virtual artists freaks out a lot of people and makes it sound like we're trying to you know like replace people or or make this we are uh, you know music <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's such a creative thing how are you going to do that blah, blah blah but I think that it actually like opens up a lot of opportunity because as you kind of hinted at like you can have people who maybe don't want to be the face of their music for whatever reason create a new identity or you can have an artist who wants to try out an alter ego or a different style of music create a virtual artist for that for that ego so it's like there's a distinction I guess between like virtual artists that have you know i don't know ai generated music or something like that which i feel like mm-hmm. is sophisticated enough to maybe be good enough for that yet but i don't know i'm not really familiar with ai the ai space but yeah there's a difference between that and like virtual artists that have real artists behind them because i think 
the virtual artists with real artists behind them actually presents a lot of interesting opportunities. Yeah. So I think most people. That's a good point. First, I didn't even think about of, that of metaverse that they've been in touch with if they've watched Ready Player One, then they've seen a version of a metaverse, or if they read like I think it's Snow Crash. Is it Snow Crash? Yeah. That's the other. That's where the metaverse concept got started, right? Um, OG. But in Ready in Ready Player One, everybody has avatars, and nobody really knows what they look like in real life, and you know that's kind of part of the storyline there it's like would you really like me if you knew what i looked like or if we actually met in real life um but it's also presupposing that the the different metaverses are all connected right yeah in that in that storyline somebody some company won out and that's the one that everybody built their rest of the future on which is the i forget the name of the company but um you have this is a thing right we're gonna have digital versions of ourselves people are already spending lots of money for the nft version of something that they could own that would represent their twitter handle whatever so you have the beginnings of that but you have this world of me let's wrap it back into music which is like i don't know is it will we ever be able to replace like the subwoofer feeling that you'd get in a live venue you'd have to have the you'd have to have that hardware yeah i think that that kind of that question kind of highlights one of the main issues with how the metaverse and all these concepts are being thought of is that it feels like everybody is trying to like replicate real life experiences and that's never gonna, the, nothing is ever going to stand in for like, like a live stream is never going to stand in for being at an in-person concert. So I feel like the things that are going to succeed are the things that you simply could not do in the real world it, it, within these, you know, w- within the world of gravity and like the rules of, you know, of real life physics yeah like yeah. I, I you know like that's why that's why travis scott's i mean he's also travis scott but that's why something like astronomical was successful is because when you were in that you were like in space <laughs> um it, it was a completely different thing than anything you could experience at a concert so uh, yeah i think that what you're saying highlights one of the one of the biggest issues with how we're thinking about the metaverse mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is just going to be another thing. It's not going to be a replacement of. It's kind of like yeah, you know, fake chicken or fake meats. Like <laughs> they don't really taste like the original thing, and they're kind of not supposed to. It's just right. another. Well, thing it's like that- watching a movie. Like I watch a movie to completely escape my day and get immersed right. into contact Jodie Foster I'm in outer space it's uh, it takes you to a different place and it's not something that I would expect to happen in my real life you know um yeah. I told her that's a valid valid point that you made Tatiana that it's not supposed to replace real life you're not supposed to be able to experience yeah, but, a concert the same the, way but I, I would disagree with the fact that that's what people are trying to build they're trying to build replacements like that's what a lot of sent they're trying to build replacement friends 
with AI versions of sentient beings. <laughs> It's so frightening when you say it like true. that. Yeah. It's true though. Yeah, it's frightening because it's like not that far away from being possible. Yeah. It's what I want a group beings. of friends that are like my friends, but all share my opinion. I'm gonna do that over here. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's again, everything's everything's a juxtaposition of what you kind of know. It's really hard to invent something brand new. Like yeah. You're going to take space. Space exists. We just can't go there right now, but we can go have a concert in space. So you've taken something that's maybe far away, farther away from our current reality, but you kind of put it together. You know, it's space. You didn't go into like this plasma orb goo thing that doesn't exist right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm still using things and models that I would have known, you know? I feel like that is also why like entertainment, like film and TV and and music and gaming have such like an interesting proposition for metaverse stuff is because like, um, like you were just saying with like watching a movie to be in space with Jodie Foster, it's like the movies and, 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 and TV and, and music, it's all about like transporting yourself to something else. And if you can make that into a more immersive virtual environment, that's that could be pretty awesome even in even in the sense of like i mean i think i like i don't know i i don't know about like vr concerts as a as a thing right now but i do think that the idea of being able to be transported into a room where it's just you and five other people and the artist and it really feels real is something people would want it would pay for yeah we we talked about this before me and brian but I would also pay for standing on stage at like a current currently happening real world concert and being able to, ah, this is this. So this is the angle. This is what actually looks like from here. Right. And so you can be selling different angle, different experiences of something that's currently happening in real time. So not only do you get to have the real time experience with a live concert somewhere, but you might be in Singapore or that might be going on in Singapore, but you need to work tomorrow, but you would still love to see the Singapore version of that and be on stage. And maybe, you know, there's only a one ticket left at the, like, you know, uh, Dachau version of it, right? Like who knows who, where those are the worlds where you're starting to weave all the people on the planet together into these mm-hmm. virtual experiences. And then they blend I think that to our point earlier that you were saying, it's like, what is a live concert like in this ver- this place isn't supposed to replace the smells and the sound and the effort you got to, you made to go to the concert, price you paid for it. Mm-hmm. But the experience has got to be worth doing it again, you know? And... I guess just like a set, you know, there's just going to be people like, like kind of like wave, like that company wave, they help people set up really cool VR experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. And they help them do it just like a set designer would do for a touring artist. I mean, did you, did any of you guys see like the little Nas X or any of these online? I heard about a virtual experience that. concerts. Some of them. 
I wasn't in like the Little Nas X one, but I've seen like recap videos of it. Clips. Okay. See, I got to check it out. Cause like even, you know, we got like a little Oculus thing. That's my little intro to the metaverse and virtual reality. Yeah. Nick got me into it. And Nick, you might've had this, there's a golf game on there. But the reason I downloaded the golf game is because you can enter a golf tournament with other virtual people who are real people, but I'm playing avatars. So I kind of cruise in, took a few shots, but there's always like a weirdo or two in there. Oh, dude, that sucked. You sliced it. And you're like, <laughs> I don't want to play with this moron here. So you leave. Uh, that being my kind of only virtual experience with other people in the metaverse, mm. I couldn't imagine the idiot talking next to me in a concert. Or is there an option but, where uh, I can those people turn off the virtual? Already there, though, you know. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I know they're there in life. You're right. The they time. do. The problem is the, the benefit of the metaverse. It seems like is like mm, no mute. You know, just <laughs> mm, I hope I that's got to be an option. That's also like one of the more like serious and concerning things about the metaverse is that whenever we make new technology, it feels like we assume that the people that get a hold of it and use it are going to be like us and are going to be good and aren't going to be trolls or, or worse. And mm -mm. If, if this thing is truly decentralized, how do you have safety controls? How do you have content moderation? How do you have how do you have any of that? That's a huge question that hasn't. Really I mean, you started. think of all the people who you've given them a voice in text on social media, all the right. recent people, and the people you unfollow because like you're sick here. Virtual being. Now, yes, now you've well, got them talking uh, at you. Donald Trump said this. You know, well, yeah. let me. So, like, I'll, I'll play. I'll play the other side of it. Here's what's interesting about that. Yeah, <laughs> you put a bunch of fucking trolls out there and. Everybody, you know, when when there's no recourse for your loud voice, right, then people say whatever they but it did bring on some interesting things like the Me Too movement. Well, I think it was a positive net positive overall. Right. right? right. And that got created because people <laughs> felt like they finally had a voice and they could say it and people could chime in. And it was tends to be the right thing overall, like net. So what if I, what about so like the the question that you want to ask and i i don't i haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about it and coming up with my own mental model for like how would you moderate the future of human experience if it was if every human on the planet technically had the the, the opportunity to meet each other in some way or another and what does that mean um and then what does that do to our collective culture right you know it's pretty interesting and what <laughs> would that and then if you can't if you can't moderate it what does that do to the world because you can't moderate if we met outside and we had a conversation we don't i don't live in a place where that's moderated right, right? there are places in the world where you what you say anywhere could technically be moderated but it's like, do we translate all of, do we translate laws to virtual environments? Like how do we, do, does, do the laws that apply in the real world apply to these virtual worlds? I feel like those are all, and especially when it's global. So you're having things across territories. Like how do you, I just don't even know where to begin. It's tough. I, the question is, 
if you've built the place, you probably should have the ability to make the rules. And then we have and what's happening. The place. Well, that's the thing. And so you got Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, then then it, that's a questionable. Then you start to question, is that person fit to make those decisions? And that's where a lot of this conversation is happening, right? About, okay, well, and it, is government fit to make those decisions is, is the second question. We don't even know. Like, right. they're not really good at a lot of things. They just happen to be the people that played the game to get in that position to be making decisions. Not because like, I always think about it. If you were a band of like 50 people and you were like traveling around and pinching tents, you know, and like on horses and stuff, like let's say like primitive man, you, unless you had some crazy like manipulative person that got everybody under his thumb, you would be pretty much picking the smartest, most wise person, the person that lived past 45. To lead the camp. To lead the camp, you know, or like the best a warrior or whatever like you'd make these decisions based on what they've actually done and not the position that they've like lobbied themselves into you know mm-hmm. and um but you know well, I think we're, we're gonna be shut off were we talking about music we are now <laughs> getting shut down by the government because of that last comment can i oh, our last show to something Mm -hmm. that you said like I don't even know five minutes ago before we went down this road um because I had a thought which was you were saying that um we need people that go to these like virtual concerts or whatever it is in the metaverse need a reason to do it again I also think that artists need a reason to do it again or even do it in the first place and I think that's part of the the onboarding process that will be just as difficult maybe because there's a lot of artists who aren't really interested in doing these types of things who don't want to who don't want to do a live stream or a virtual concert and if they're not on board with this or they don't enjoy it then we're not going to have these events for people to go to in the first place so that's like a whole other Mm -hmm. side to it you know here's my response to that those artists die and the new ones (laughs) replace them the virtual artists replace them is that is the real mm -hmm. It's the it's, same thing as the artists that didn't want to do social media. I mean, unless you're Radiohead or yeah. someone of that st- size, the new artists are like, no, I'm just an artist. I don't want to be on social media. You're kind of then not doing everything you need to do to be an artist in today's industry. You know, you have to be there pretty much. Yeah, yeah. which is something that... Um, like I understand artists frustrations that they feel like they have to do that even when they don't want to. Like I kind of resent that we're in a world where you have to be, you know, like an online personality to be an artist, but at the same time, it is kind of the way things are. And yeah, I don't know. Like that, that's a, that's a, a thing that I, I struggle to wrap my head around to begin with, you know, is, is, is that like, what if you're an artist who's just introverted or just doesn't, doesn't really want not that type of presence like exactly what, where can you go in today's music world and i think that that's that's like a thing that i'm interested in solving like i feel like it is the way it is but maybe it doesn't have to be yeah mm-hmm. so that's like i think there's there's a can you hear me my mic went yeah, yeah, yeah. out it's okay. better there 
Um, we bring up this movie. You ever seen the movie The Artist? Actually, no. I know it though. Yeah, go oh, watch it. Go it's watch pretty, it. Pretty cool okay. movie. It's, I mean, it won the Oscar, I think, at for that year. But mm-hmm. it's also a good story of 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 how entertainment, dude. At the end of the day, musicians are entertainers. Yeah, that's true. Like, if you want to be an artist, go be an artist. But an artist doesn't make money. Like, you know, both Brian and I went to the Van Gogh thing, that like immersive Van Gogh thing. <laughs> oh, so good. Dude didn't get financial success in his career while he was alive, you know? Yeah. And this happens to a lot of artists. It doesn't mean, mean that you made bad art or that you weren't relevant or you didn't make a difference. But if you want to be an entertainer and you want to entertain the most amount of people, that's, that's what people value. People value and are willing to pay for things that are either entertaining, right, or fun or whatever. That's what consumers care about. And that's what happens on social media. And that's where everybody's attention is. So it doesn't matter what you want. It's where people's attention is. And Mm. so these social media things are just like, they're like, you know, catnip for human beings. Like (laughs) all they do is just like, I can't stop, you know? And that happens to be where the shift is. And so if like, if you use that mental model, it's really hard not to realize the fact that like, well, if you don't want to be an entertainer, then just be an artist and get a job and do this on the side. But if you want to be an entertainer, entertain where people are, because otherwise you're not entertaining anyone except for yourself, you know? So that's like, that's the sad reality and hopefully like people build experiences that you know musicians want to be a part of and that also the fans want to be a part of and that's the trick i think in technology of of making stuff that people care about but um but yeah i don't know i mean i know that's kind of like a hard-nosed way to look at it but it's kind of the reality i think yeah well it's also like the analogy that nick and i say a lot sorry tatiana but um when you were an actor in the twenties, you were in silent films. You yeah, could be the best artist, or, you know, the best actor on the silent screen. But as it started to evolve and they started adding dialogue to music or to movies, if you didn't know how to speak, if that was a completely different talent. You would be out of this industry because now silent films are gone. Now we're into talkies. There's talking in it. So you had to kind of develop this new muscle of not just acting, but acting and speaking. You used to just have to make good records and put them out. Hopefully a magazine would write about them or they'd be added to radio. But then, like Nick said, the attention started going to these social media platforms. You kind of had to be there. It's now part of this industry of being an artist, you know? I mean, I still probably look on Instagram the first time I hear of an artist for the first time or I go right to Spotify or something, you know, it's like you go to their digital presence, you know, I don't go to Wikipedia or look up, you know, tameandpala.com. I, I generally look at a social platform and if they're not there, <laughs> you know, I think venture to say that some people go, oh my God, they're not even on Instagram. They're not even that big. Yeah. Right. What, so from, from your work and, and the things that you're seeing, you guys are so is the the company media is basically crunching a bunch of numbers and and making assumptions or is it is it analysts that are going out and coming up with 
their own assumptions and then backing it. It's a, it's a combination of a lot. And I think this is actually what really attracted me to Midia in the first place is that um, Mark, our founder, takes a really art and science approach to what we're doing. So it's like, yes, we're crunching numbers and things are data backed and that's where we're getting our insights from. But it's also from what we're observing, what we're hearing from creators, from executives, from people that we talk to on a daily basis the kind of theories and concepts that we talk about in meetings for hours every day and kind of challenge each other over. And it's very uh, it's very much a combination of both. Um, and it's all about things that are kind of forward looking and actionable. Um, so that's sort of the approach that we're trying to take. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So what do you think is what what things come like what what's the most um here's i'm trying to just frame a good question that would actually get an answer uh i kind of know i kind of know what you're gonna shocking, ask what's yeah. a shocking piece most like most uh oh wow i didn't realize that 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 was actually happening to that level what did you have any like mm-hmm. aha moments recently yeah i can think of two um that are kind of related one is that sort of anecdotally we were feeling that and this is this isn't i don't think this is anything groundbreaking but i think it it was shocking to me to actually see uh this happening at at this biggest scale but that artists these days are really seeming to shift away from wanting to be stars and and the whole fame and fortune model like we hear about you know the creator economy and thousand fans theory and stuff like that all the time um but it's been interesting to do surveys and talk to dozens of artists about this and find that there is seemingly like a fundamental shift that has happened recently where artists are feeling like we're not trying to go for the fame and fortune. We're trying to go for making a living, reaching the people that really love what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And if that's a hundred people or a million people, like either way, obviously, you know, nobody's going to turn down being, you know, it's hugely successful mainstream star probably, but the, the goalposts have shifted and that's been really interesting to witness and to talk to artists about. And it also means that they're focusing attention on different things. Um, and that like the way that artists are viewing streaming is just changed so much. I mean, that's like something that I don't have to tell you. That's something that has been kind of obvious, but talking to artists about, um, where they're focusing their attention and it's not at all streaming is something that you know, you, you, you talk about this anecdotally, but when you actually see it in the surveys that we do and the artists that we talk to, and you're like, wow, this is happening at a huge scale. It's kind of fascinating. Um, so that's the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to stop there or go to the other one too. Yeah, no, no I mean, your second and, one. and that would relate to like companies like Patreon and, and different ways to mm-hmm. uh, monetize direct being yeah. sort of related to that concept. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like artists, focusing their efforts on those more direct tools like Patreon or Twitch or whatever it is. And then streaming is just kind of like the, I don't know, the place that people like a technique almost find your music or it's the, it's sort of like the radio of today almost like, I don't know. It's, it's still the place where most people are going to find your music first, but it's not usually the place that they're first going to interact with you or, or where you're going to get uh, that you're going to be able to, to monetize them. So I think artists are realizing that and are shifting focus on the things that are getting them at like a better return for their efforts. All right, give us mm-hmm. one more. Give us one more. 
All right. The other one is um, this also like probably isn't shocking, but just like when you have data behind it, I think it's really interesting is that um, newer generations, we're seeing a really sharp divide where they want to be really engaged and participate with music rather than listen to it passively. passively. So like if you look at the general population, the vast majority of them only interact with music in a passive way, like listening to the radio or pressing play on a playlist or, you know, whatever it is. There's a very small amount of people that are actually like kind of going deeper. But when you look at 16 to 19 year olds, so like what is today's Gen Z, they're, they, they are shifting away from those things and into things that allow them more control, whether that's like at the lower end of that, like creating a playlist or at the higher end of that, making a TikTok video or sampling an artist's song or, or whatever it is. Um, and that's interesting because in the past, younger generations have diverged from older ones based on technology that they're using. Like, are you using a Walkman or an iPod? Mm-hmm. Now it's not about technology. It's about how deeply can I engage? Um, and that's like something that makes sense when you think about like everyone being on TikTok and all that. But it's it's been really interesting and I think kind of promising for me to like look at the data and see that this is a fundamental shift that seems to be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's I would agree with that. I think the participation, that's what those those environments are going to enable. Right. Like those metaverse kind of things that we've been talking about, these multimedia where you're walking in and that wall sounds more like the bass drum. And then if you walk over to the other one, it's going to be whatever. So all of those wacky ideas, something's going to stick and it'll be more catnip for us human beings. But um, Tatiana, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks for joining us. This is fun. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I Even think we, we just scratched the surface on it, too. So we'll probably have to have you, have you back for a part two here in the future. Yeah. Sounds so different. if someone wants to follow your wisdom, find you, do something like that, where would you send them to? to? Good question. Um, I guess my Twitter, which is just my full name or my website, which is also my full name dot com. So Tatiana Sirisano. Cool. Well, we will. Uh, put those links in the show notes for you. Good Absolutely. Pleasure right was on. ours, Tatiana. Thanks again. Guys. Take right. care. Ciao. Bye.